0: Welcome to the Eastridge Church South Campus Podcast. We bring to you the message portion of our Sunday services in a convenient podcast form. You can listen on your way to work, during your lunch break, or even during your workouts. We want to put tools in your pocket to help you throughout the week. If you would like to find out who we are or what we are about, please visit us at eastridge.church. All right, let's go.
1: Hey, good morning! So glad you're here today. We are in week 11 of Revelation, and we have one more week after today. Um, and I'm super excited because we've been we've been going through the whole book of Revelation and dealing with all, you heard me last week talk about just uh, dealing with all these different foes that come up, the dragon, the beast, uh, The last week was the prostitute, this, this imagery of this battle going on between Christ and his church and the evil forces of our enemy, uh, the devil, the, the forces of sin and the flesh and everything like that, and this battle going on, and we're c- coming to the end. We've been looking at Revelation as windows that John's looking at and describing this battle in which we win to encourage the church, and and uh, I, I hope it's been encouraging for you, uh, it has been encouraging for, for me, uh, as we've gone through it, and, and we've gotten so much great feedback, and we are going to we're closing this out uh, with today. Have you ever um, you ever talked to someone and they they have um, some different thoughts about something? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You just you, and you're, you're 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 listening to them, and and but in your mind you're going I don't know about all that. Um, you ever do that? Maybe not, but anyway, uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe only pastors do that, but... Like, like, let's just say, you know, you, you, somebody says their name, like Ichabod. Their name is Ichabod. You go, is that a family name? No, we just like it. You go, oh yeah, I can see that. And in your mind, you're going, that's a weird name. You, you know, anybody? Am I the only one that does stuff like that? And it just, it doesn't make me a bad person. Okay, it just, it's just real. Or somebody'll paint something and color. You know, people are really funny about colors. You know, like, you know, they'll paint something and and, and you know, hey, you like that? Yeah, it looks great. And you get in your car and go, man, that looked terrible. And whatever. We just have these different thoughts and stuff. And uh, and. and that's it's okay. Well, I've been talking to some of my friends, my pastor friends, and they've been asking, what are y'all doing what is y'all's Christmas series? And I said, We don't have one. We're doing Revelation. <laughs> and they've gone, Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, 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 that's a great idea. Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, this is this has been this has gone on about three or four pastors. What do y'all cause you know, people we're always With pastors, nothing's original. We always want to copy something. And uh, nobody wants to copy this one. But anyway, (laughs) they've been saying, you know, what are y'all doing? And I want to share something with you. It has been intentional. It's been intentional that we would not do a Christmas series. That the scripture that Lizzie read talks about Jesus is coming back. He's riding a horse. His name is faithful and true. That this final battle is coming, and and it's really not a battle at all. The Scripture says that that Jesus has a, he doesn't even have a a real sword, a sword. The sword, his word of God, the word of God is a sword. As in Hebrews 4, it talks about the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. And this battle led by Jesus and the armies of God. And the name on Jesus is not the baby Jesus. It's not the baby Jesus. We're going to talk about the baby Jesus at the end today a little bit. But the name of Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And we say those words sometimes, and I want to, want to just say them slowly. King of Kings. The champion. Lord of Lords. That this whole concept that Jesus is the mighty warrior and the conquering king. We're not doing a Christmas series because we didn't want there to be any confusion about baby Jesus. See, we all love the baby Jesus, don't we? He's cute and sweet. And he's wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. We ride by nativity scenes. Look, great. Don't get me wrong. Not against him. But we wanted to emphasize something different than we normally do at this time, that Jesus is the conquering king, that he's not a sweet, little, cute, nice Jesus, that he's our champion, that he's our warrior, that he's our conquering king. And that John is writing this to the church to, to remind them, to show them that that, that, is, that is the picture of Jesus. And so I want to I read through the scripture. And I want you to catch the first part. But man, you've got a champion. You've got a champion. Never been defeated that when Jesus faced the demonic forces in Scripture, they bowed down to him. You read the Scriptures, they bowed down. When Jesus faced Satan and temptation, Jesus won. When Jesus faced sin, Jesus won. When Jesus faced evil spirits, Jesus won. When Jesus faced a legion of demons, Jesus won. When Jesus faced death, Jesus won. When Jesus returns and we reread this final battle, we will see that Jesus wins, and we win because of that. Look at the scriptures here. John's writing. He says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years. I'm going to get to the thousand years in a minute. The angel threw him into the bottomless pit. Which he then shut and locked so Satan could not deceive the nations anymore until the thousand years were finished. Afterwards, he must be released for a little while. Then I saw thrones and people sitting on them had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their forehead or their hands. They all came to life again, and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. This is the first resurrection. The rest of the dead did not come back to life until the thousand years had ended. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For in them the second death holds no power. But they will be priests of God, and of Christ, and will reign with him a thousand years. And when a thousand years come to an end, Satan will be let out of his prison, and he will go out to deceive the nations called Gog and Magog in every corner of the earth. He will gather them for battle, a mighty army as numberless as sand along the seashore. And I saw them as they went up on, bro- on the broad plain of the earth and surrounded God's people and the beloved city, but fire came down on the attacking armies and consumed them. Then the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the fiery lake of burning sulfur, joining the beast and the false prophet, and they will be tormented there day and night. That he paints this picture in great detail of this battle that's going to take place, of it happening. But there's some questions there. I know you're looking at it going, that was a lot, Gary. So let's talk about the millennium. Now, the word millennium means thousand years, it's a period of time. And we read these scriptures, it brings up a, a lot of uh, thoughts and views and ideas of the millennium. Now I want to go back to the first part. The first part is that Jesus is our conquering king and we win. But there are some views and some debate. We've talked about this all along with Revelation. There's debate. Again, people from time to time will come up to me and say, "Hey, I don't really I don't know if I really I, That's fine. Go ahead. We're not here to tell you that we are the Revelation experts, but I do want to go over the most popular theories for what's going to happen at the end. So, let's let's get those on there. Three views of the millennium. All right, these are three, the three most popular views. The first is post-millennial, which means after, post means after, after the thousand years. That Jesus will return after a thousand year period of unrestrained gospel victory of the church. And the point behind this is that a lot of people believe, because you're probably wondering what's going to happen in the end times. What people always want to know what's going to happen. One of the views is that the gospel is going to keep going forward and that people are going to continue to be saved and and that things are going to get better and this view of unrestrained gospel victory, then Jesus will come back, that that this is going to happen, that this is part of what's going on. Now, this is called post-millennial and the truth is uh, the there are people that still believe this, this view, but the number of people who believe this it seems to be less. With with uh, because of wars and and things like that, people seem to believe that things really aren't getting better, that they're not getting better. But this is this is a view. The second is pre this is Jesus will return before a thousand year period. This is this is the the Left Behind series. You know what I'm talking about? You, know, you listen to Left Behind, where people get raptured, they're on a plane to get raptured, and where they at? They're gone, and everything, and they've gone to heaven. And and this is what this is premillennial that Jesus will return before a thousand year period, of restrained gospel of victory for the church. That that Jesus is going to rapture those who belong to him. That we're going to be in heaven, and then things are going to get interesting down here. For a thousand years, it's going to get interesting, and we won't be part of that. There'll be some good things and some bad things happening, uh, and and, and uh, that's going to be going on. But but we won't be there. We won't be part of it. That this is the, the the view. This this is the most popular view. This is uh, just I could I could name several people. Um, Billy Graham was said to hold this view. John MacArthur holds this view. Uh, 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 David Jeremiah holds this view. doesn't mean that this is right. I'm just telling you people who hold this view. They hold this view that this is the way it's going to play out, that the church is going to be raptured, and the, the word rapture is not even in the Bible. It's just a word we made up because to, 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 we didn't know how to describe it, that we're going to be called out of this world, and we're going to be with Jesus, the church is. And then the third one is a millennial. Ah, you put the word ah in front of anything and it means no. That it's no millennial. That it's not a literal thousand year period. That this church age right now is part of millennium. And that in which Satan is bound, but he still has influence. And this this view is that this is all, that it's not a literal thousand years, that it's figurative, that, that a lot of revelation is figurative. And I know I'm giving you these views and everything like that, but a lot of this is figurative and that we're in the end times right now, that that we are part of what's going on right now, and that Satan has some influence, but but he has been defeated. And this is a view, and and this is, truthfully, this is kind of a, a nuance of post in in a, in a sense. Now, that's probably way more than you wanted to hear. And this may have even confused some of you. And some of you may be wondering what I believe. I'm of the pan-millennium. Pan-millennium. I believe it's all going to pan out in the end. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> I do not know which is right. I'm just going to be honest with you. How can I say this without... I love the Word of God. I don't spend a lot of time walking around being, are you post or pre? or I just don't. And I'm not opposed to people who do. No one's going to know who's right and who's wrong until we get there. And the truth is, no matter which one of these views you hold, it shouldn't change how you live. Amen. We should be all in for Jesus Christ. I'm all in. I'm all in. Jesus said, "Deny yourself, come follow me." That ought to be that ought to be the burning thing behind. Not is it going to be? Am I going to be doing it a thousand years? Or is he going to be right? It shouldn't. And look, and it may be. Look, and I may be diminished. And then some people are. Some churches will make you believe a certain way, or you cannot join their church. We're not that way. We're saying you can hold a view. It It shouldn't change the way you live. you got to be all in for Jesus Christ. Now, here's three things we can agree about. I don't care who you are. We can agree about this. Jesus Christ is king, that he is the champion. I love that word. Look, I love that word. He's the champion, y'all. I love the story about when, and you've heard me tell this before, that years ago uh, in the 1800s when, um, they would have yacht races and, and, and the, the large nations would race against each other. But the race was so long that you couldn't see the entire race. And so the, the dignitaries, the queens, the politicians, they would have runners who would run and report who's winning the race and, and the United States was racing Great Britain and Australia and a couple other I think it was France, a couple other countries, and and, and they would report back. The United States is taking the lead. And the runner would go back and, and, and come back and anyway. This kept going on and finally got to the end of the race. The runner said, the United States has won. And the queen said, who's in second? And the runner said, your majesty, there is no second. The gap was so big. And I think about that when I think about Jesus Christ. Man, he's the champion. The champion, like defeated everything that has ever come his way, stood for us. That, that scripture that Lizzie read when he had a white robe dipped in blood, his blood, his blood, that's whose blood it was, bled and died for us. That We believe that Jesus king. We believe that he's going to return. Listen, he's going to return. Now, I don't know when it's going to be, Jesus said, no one knows the day or the hour, and I know people get really been out of shape on this, and, and some of you may not remember, but in 1988, a guy wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Come Back in 88. Anybody remember that? Well, guess what? <laughs> Either we all missed it. <laughs> it didn't happen. And then he kind of did this uh, revision. I missed it, and he's going to be not in 88, it's going to be 89. He revised it. He didn't come back in 89. No one knows, but we agree with this, that Jesus said he was coming back. And he's coming back. And then the last part, Jesus will reign with his saints forever. I don't know how it's all going to work out. And you may have strong opinions on the post, the pre, and the um. Look, I celebrate that. But the truth is this. It shouldn't change the way you live. We ought to be obedient to the Great Commission. We ought to be for Jesus and His church and His kingdom. And I want to stop a little bit. Christmas Eve. Like, I know you got family traditions, I get it. But I want to share this with you. Besides Easter, more people will come to a Christmas Eve service than any other service. We have two services, 5 and 6.30. This is not like a, a, come on, come on. This is not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't miss opportunities. Don't miss an opportunity to invite somebody. And it doesn't have to be Christmas Eve. It could be Sunday morning. But I'm just saying don't miss an opportunity for someone to receive Jesus as King, for someone to find out that this baby's coming back and that they can be part of it. So those are the views of the millennium. But sometimes we forget, we can get bent out of shape and get, is it going to happen like this and like that and everything like that. And I want to go backwards for a second. Before you're given an expectation, you're given an invitation. My son Micah is getting married in less than a week, next Saturday. Getting married, and I know you're thinking, we didn't get invited, and you know what? That's Leslie's fault. <laughs> I tried to get y'all in, but she she wouldn't have it. She doesn't like y'all, I don't think, so. But... We send out invitations. Hey, RSVP by this day. You ever get those? And you know what we usually do? we used like, what are we doing that day? Let's weigh out here. What's going on? What are we going to do? Well, anyway, some people never RSVP'd. You don't have to look down. I'm not looking at you. Some people didn't RSVP. So we're running around, saying, hey, are are you coming? I want to share something, that Jesus says that we're all invited to the wedding banquet. They invites us. This concept of of meal, of a meal, has always been, I don't know if the light's good here. Y'all can tell me if it's not. You can raise it up if you need to. The concept of a meal has always been part of God's plan. That when God saved the people of Israel, that when the the blood went on the doorpost, when he saved the people of Israel and differentiated between the people of Israel and the people of Egypt, and he saved the people of Israel, they, they marked that moment by the Passover meal. That when Jesus talked about his death, his dying on the cross, and he's gathered around. It was over this meal, this, this meal that did the Passover meal. And then it led to the meal, the Lord's Supper, this meal, this, this invitation. That Jesus would teach. And he'd talk about just being invited to the wedding banquet. That the wedding banquet did, did for us to be invited. That, that, that many are called, but few are chosen. That this calling going out. Then we're invited to come and eat. As a matter of fact, when Peter was uh, restored, when he had sinned, when he had denied Christ, when he, that, that Jesus restores him back. Guess what it's around? It's around a meal. Then in Revelation 3, when it says that Jesus says, hey, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm knocking at the door. Then if you open the door, guess what we're going to do? We're going to share a meal. Jesus is inviting us. He's asking you to RSVP. Look at this scripture here. An angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, these are the the true words that come from God. Blessed are those who are invited, that Christ is inviting you. That Jesus... your life and my entire life, for our entire lives. It's been calling out to us. Come to me. Come on. And it's not this expectation like, hey, you got to get your stuff together and, and you know what? If you could get good enough, then maybe you could come and be part of it. No, 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 no. The invitation was first. The invitation was come, come. Come on and eat, eat with me. Be part of what's going on. So I want to ask you a couple questions. Like we're wrapping up Revelation. That Christ is coming back. Where are you at today? Holly asked you to get your connect card out. would Would you go ahead and do that for me? I want to make sure that when Jesus comes back you're going to be part of the meal because you see to to not respond to the invitation is a response it's a say you're saying no and sometimes you you may be saying I'm going to weigh my options and, and, and you know one day one day I'm going to do it Gary one day I'm going to look I'm telling you you have no idea if one day is ever going to happen You have no idea what's going to happen when we walk out of this room. So, on your Connect card, there's a box to check if you'd like to accept Christ. Man, we would love to talk to you about it. And and if you've already done so, you just simply write A. That means I already have it. You just write A on there. We're going to celebrate that, that you already have, that you're part of it, that one day, listen to me, one day we're going to be in heaven together. We're going to be eating together. We're going to be part of the wedding feast be part of the kingdom of God forever. But maybe today that's not you. Maybe you got questions. Man, I got questions. Look, I get it. I didn't grow up in the church. I had a bunch of questions. You're talking about things being weird and different? That's what I thought about it. But Christ's love for me when I found out that there was somebody who loved me, that was a no-brainer. In spite of all I had done in my life, Christ loved me. And I felt his invitation. Come on, come on here. Come on. And he's inviting you. He's inviting you to follow him. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out right now. I just simply know that Jesus loves me and I need Jesus and I placed my faith in him. I just simply said, I need you. I want you. Maybe today is the day that you do that for the first time. Or maybe today is the day that you return to him. I'm using the word return. Maybe, maybe you've never been not saved. But if you're honest, you really hadn't been following him. Man, what if we what if we all said, you know what? This is what I want. I'm going to be all in this. And so, if you need to accept Christ, you check the box. We would love to talk to you. I want to speak to someone about Jesus Christ. If you already have, you're going to put an A but if you're returning, you're going to put an R, returning. I'm recommitting. Whatever you want that R to be, I'm repenting. Man, we just want to pray for you. We want to celebrate what Christ has done in your life. And I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you that you love us. before you ever expected anything out of us, you invited us. You invite us to come as we are, to follow you, to be changed by you, to find hope in life change, to be forgiven of our sins, to be part of your family, the church, to be part of your kingdom, to be with you forever in heaven. Lord, I pray for those today that have never done this. I pray for those that are, that are just skeptical and just want to talk to someone. Lord, I pray for those who are recommitting today. And Lord, I celebrate those who have already accepted you. Father, we love you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And because we're talking about a meal today, I want to close with a meal. I want to close by partaking of the Lord's Supper together. And you may not have one of these They're in the back. There's some baskets that have those. We'd love for you to get one. The Lord's Supper is for those who have accepted Christ, who have placed their faith in Jesus. And Jesus asked us to remember his death, to remember his sacrifice. And I told you we would talk about the birth of Jesus. And so I'm going to read Matthew chapter 1, verse 20. This is the angel talking to Joseph. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to hear this. This was always the plan. And she will have a son. And he will save the people from their sins. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so today, together, we celebrate a meal. A meal that's been purchased by the body of Jesus Christ on the cross. Take and eat. This is his body. A meal that was not just purchased by his body, but was purchased by his blood. The picture of the the rider on the white horse, whose name is faithful and true, whose blood has stained his robe. I love that imagery. His blood's been, his robes been dipped in the blood. Jesus' blood, his sacrifice. We remember. Let's partake. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today thanking you for who you are, thanking you for your death, Your sacrifice. Thank you for loving us so much. We remember you today. This was your plan all along. But we love you. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for being here today.
0: Thank you for listening today. If you would like to speak with someone about the message you just heard, or if you would like to pray with someone, send us an email info at eastridge.church If you feel led to support the ministry at Eastridge, please visit eastridge.church slash give. Thank you for your generosity. Remember, no matter where you are in life, God loves you, we love you, and you have a family at Eastridge Church.